Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Come through, queen. I wanna see ya come through, queen. Hi, everyone. It's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through Queen. You better holler at me. Hey, Mama. How you been, Mama? How you doing, Mama? You better holler at me. Holler. Where you been, Mama? Holler, Mama. Hey, Mama. Holler. Holler. Hey, Brendan. I first want to say, if our listeners haven't checked it out yet, they should head over to Andy's Girls and listen to you. You were uh, (laughs) a guest to the Grand Dame, Dame Galley. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, It was a fun show. I think think it was a good episode. I haven't listened to it, but I think it's good. It was great. Yeah. I mean, you guys like really touched on a lot of topics about the three shows currently airing on more of um, like a broader view than we usually take a look at them here on Come Through Queen. Mm-hmm. So that was um, interesting. Yeah, and we'll be having her on soon. We haven't yeah, set definitely. a date yet, but soon. Yeah, I also want to point out, this is the first time we're saying it on the podcast, that we've made some changes to our Patreon page. So you could check it out at patreon.com slash come through queen. We have lowered the level of the highest tier to $5 a month. So now you get weekly pre-show episodes as well as bonus episodes. Some prior bonus episodes include a full recap of every episode of the DC Housewives. Mm -hmm. We did a psychotic listen along to Chromatica when that dropped. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. We did an interesting deep dive on housewives departure messages when they've left their respective cities. Mm -hmm. And we're currently going on a journey through the series premiere of each city, which has been interesting. Yeah. This week is Beverly Hills. We've already done OC, New York, Atlanta, and Jersey. Mm -hmm. 
And we would love to hear suggestions for future topics for us to cover in those bonus episodes. So you could obviously reach us on any of those social platforms, or if you do join the Patreon, leave a comment in one of the posts that we have up there. Yes, please do. Okay. So we have a trailer this week for our first Housewives season that will be filmed post-pandemic. Yeah, well, like before and during COVID, which is interesting. And I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, my initial thought is like, do I want to relive relive the horror that we're not even out of yet? Yeah. I mean, I remember very early of the pandemic, you saying you don't want to consume pandemic content. Yeah, I definitely did say that. That was when we were still like a few weeks in. I know. And now we're months and months in. We're six months in. That's half a year. Yeah. So to me, I'm kind of interested in this as like a cultural artifact, especially since it's pre and post. Uh, I don't love that it's OC that we're going on that journey with. Right. Like each of the ones currently filming are like the ones you least want to be with around this it's like oc dallas yeah and then like jersey's filming but i don't think jersey will like necessarily put their opinions about like the political part of this into the show i hope i don't know yeah yeah and also i feel like i don't really know too much about the jersey filming schedule but it felt like Dallas and OC started up pretty early in terms of like what was going on in the world. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We also have a new housewife in OC who I feel is like nobody's talking about her. Nobody's talking about her. In fact, we have been talking about someone else for a few weeks who ended up not being shown at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Bronwyn's friend, right? Yeah, Noella. Yeah. Um, what's strange about this new housewife, Elizabeth Vargas, is that it almost feels like she feels like an afterthought. Like, her confessional quality is so much <laughs> worse than the other women's. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if she's filming for a different show. It's so... It looks like a, like a TLC show. Not even, but like yeah. something like an early TLC show about something you don't want to watch. In terms of the trailer, it annoyed me that they started with like, so Shannon, like how, what do you think about 2020? As if like, she's filming this back at the start of 2020 when it was clearly a post pandemic confessional. Oh yeah. You really, that really bugged you, didn't it? It did, because, like, the the way they ended it, which was, like, um, Elizabeth and Gina, like, cheersing the new year, mm-hmm. would, like, accomplished the same thing and was, like, a legitimate moment. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, like, are you excited for any part of this season? <laughs> um, Aside from I, it being an artifact for this time. 
I am curious to see like what Bronwyn is able to pull out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have her journey with her son, who's like starting drag, which is interesting. Right. Um, I think she's pretty much already discussed that like her involvement and support of Black Lives Matter is going to be a part of the show in some respect. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see that. Uh, yeah. So those two aspects of, of her in particular, I'm I'm curious about. Okay. Are you e- excited at all for Shannon? Now that her two buddies are gone, she can finally take center stage. Um, I mean, now that we know she and her daughters like made it through, I am curious to see like how she reacts to getting COVID, which seems like Mm -hmm. we are going to see that. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like we're going to get a lot of self-taped stuff from Housewives, which is interesting. I mean, they really usually only employ it like on plane rides or if like something happens like after hours. So it'll be interesting to get more of that from them. Yeah. I think last week, Kara brought this up that they're going to let Kelly set herself up for her own downfall. Mm-hmm. And I set think we fire got, to the rain. I think we got tastes of that in the trailer. Right. So I'm curious just, to see what that looks like. We're just, it's so interesting that we ended last season on a Kelly high. Mm-hmm. And she just like her actions on social media, just like really brought her to the depths of hell. Yeah. In a way. And she's like, keeps on doubling down. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing, which feels like the only normal part, like if this was a normal season, would have been like the big shocker was us seeing Gina's mat on film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like I haven't been keeping up, keeping up, but the last I heard, like there were like, he got arrested, right? I can't keep up. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure before uh, pandemic time, he had been arrested for like, like, being violent towards her or like stalking her or something along those lines, allegedly. So it's like a shock to see him on screen for the first time. I thought that stuff occurred like last year. It's been a long year. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and either way, like to go to, if that happened last year to then go and agree to appear on camera. Yeah. Is interesting. Although I'm sure probably might have something to do with like, if, he lost you, his job. Yes, it's all coming back to me, coming back to me now. You're right. It happened last year. He lost his job over the show, the, in connection to the show, but over what he did that yeah. he got arrested for. And so I bet you that this is like his like attempt at rehabilitation of his image. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're right. So like that is sort of interesting in terms of like a show perspective. Addressing that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And she has a new man, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah. And Shannon's uh, new man appears to be like w- ready, willing, and able to film. Yeah. Well, he's been ready from the jump. He's appeared on Watch What Happens Live like three times already, I think. Yeah. 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 So, like, I know a lot of people 
are not looking forward to this. And like, I'm not particularly looking forward to it, but to me, it's like sort of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm interested to see like COVID related stuff that isn't everyone just on zoom, even though I know that we're getting like self taped confessionals, but it's like, that's fine. But like, I'm yeah. It'll be interesting to see people talk about it. Not on zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so some news broke just today about mm-hmm. the end of an era. Yeah. So let me read Ms. Kim Kardashian West's post about this. To our amazing fans, it is with heavy hearts that we've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and numerous spinoff shows, we are beyond grateful to all of you who've watched for all of these years, through the good times, the bad times, the happiness, the tears, and the many relationships. And children will forever cherish the wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way. Thank you to the thousands of individuals and businesses that have been part of this experience. And most importantly, a very special thank you to Ryan Seacrest for believing in us, E for being our partner, and our production team at Boonham Murray, who've spent countless hours documenting our lives. Our last season will air early next year in 2021. Without keeping up with the Kardashians, I wouldn't be where I am today. I am so incredibly grateful to everyone who has watched and supported me and my family these past 14 incredible years. The show made us who we are, and I will be forever in debt to everyone who played a role in shaping our careers and changing our lives for the better. With love and gratitude, Kim. Wow. Wow. I mean... Andy has already volunteered in Khloe Kardashian's comments to host the reunion of like, I guess when their show ends, which would be actually a really interesting thing to do for them. Yeah. And could be really cool. Um, I don't know if they'd ever like take him up on that because he can be messy and they like to be in control. Yeah. A lot of Um, people are saying, uh, Chris, make the jump, get your diamond. So that idea excites me for like the announcement of it all. And like, that would be cool to see her in the housewives sense. It was fun to see her show up to Kyle's charity event and appear on housewives for the first time this season. But then I think about it further and I'm like, when these women produce themselves, it like, it's less fun and we already have so much of that on Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, if it keeps on, if the show keeps on going the way it is and like we're breaking fourth wall producer style going towards teen mom, OG style, which I've been calling for for years, regardless, um, that could be interesting because you have the producers having some power, but I just feel like she would sign a crazy contract that gives her so much power on the show, you know? I know, because I mean, she is an actual producer of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So it's mm-hmm. weird to picture a world where she like takes a lower position on a different right, show. right. So we can dream. I mean, maybe it frees her up to be more of a friend of role, just to like remain on TV and relevant. Doesn't someone like? Isn't there a famous quote about like being on television? And if you're not on television, then like you no longer exist. Yeah, she could like show up in a way that Faye has been showing up for years now. Yeah. Or even like a little bigger, like a Sutton. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, the actual show Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like, in this household, we've bopped in and out over the past mm-hmm. few years after that big journey I went on a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, the show the past few seasons hasn't felt the same to me as it did, like, in its prime or even, like, 2015, 2016. Yeah. It just, like, recently just hasn't felt as warm and cozy as I would want it to. So I'm less connected. Yeah. It's either like super produced or, or dealing with like really heavy shit that they don't really particularly want to be dealing with. Yeah. And all their furniture like seems uncomfortable now, Mm. you know? So when they're sitting around having their salads, which they still do, it's just like, I don't want to be in that room. Sure. You don't want to be in the room where it happens. Exactly. Yeah. There was a really funny plot recently where Chloe bought North like a hamster and then like the hamster died. So they had to go replace it. Like I like that stuff. Okay. But yeah, it'll be missed. I mean, it did change the face of like everything we know, reality TV, social media, everything. It's like completely different for better or for worse because of these people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see like how they close it out. With an Andy Cohen reunion. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. And Peter brings out the shots at the end. Wouldn't it be funny if they had Peter bring out the shots at the end? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, let's get over to our world and start with the New York Housewives. Okay. This this episode um, was kind of a shock to me. The way the journey we go on. <laughs> okay. I just don't think you were watching the preview closely enough. I mean, I saw like her get angry, but I didn't think that was going to be as big. Like they get angry every episode. Right. And then like, as we were tick talking to 10 o'clock that night, I was like, is this going to be one of those episodes that's like 10 minutes or an hour and uh, 15 minutes? Because we were just like so close to the end of the episode and I was yeah. like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I thought I missed it, actually. Right. Yeah. But before we get there, let's like kind of wrap things up a little bit. Sonia, <laughs> like her closing up her chapter of the season is like, okay, I am actually going to clean up this house and put it for sale. Mm. That like, it looked like she had the carpet like out in the middle of the street. I know, I was just sitting there, and then, like, <laughs> Ramona walked in and grabbed a sample from the top of the carpet and brought <laughs> it into the house. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know if my mind is playing tricks on me, but did Sonia have a new confessional for just this episode where she looked so gorgeous? I think she did. And I was... Hoping and waiting for, like, everyone else to have one more look, too. But I think Mm -hmm. she was the only one. Yeah. So, it's, like, confessionals are so confusing to me. And especially in COVID time when, like, she's switching around. Sonia's been in three locations for her confessionals, I'm pretty sure. She's been at the spa. Yes. I think she was at the Columbus Circle apartment briefly. No, Dorinda's apartment or something. Dorinda's apartment, yeah. And then she was back in the townhouse. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> We've been everywhere with her. <laughs> I mean, and it's, I mean, I gotta say, like, she looked 
the best she's looked in that new confessional. I was like floored. Well, she did get like that facelift that she publicized and then went to the spa. So she's living her best life during this time. Weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was interesting for uh, Leah to wrap up her storyline with Martin in the boxing ring. <laughs> I know, but it's like right where we started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, like, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I love, love, love her pink blazer COVID confessional look. Oh, the one that yeah. people compare to the only episode of The Simpsons that I care about is when Marge <laughs> gets that suit and keeps on repurposing it. Yeah, when she joins the country club, yeah. Yeah, when she joins the country club. Yeah, I mean, that is, like, I think Leah's iconic look this whole season, probably. In the bucket hat. Yeah, and the bucket hat. Um, Lou. Speaking of the Grand Dame Galley. Oh, my God. <laughs> a room of people that we know. <laughs> it was literally... I I counted four people I know in that room. Yeah. It was, I mean, we might as well say who it was because at least two of them listened and then two of them, whatever. So yeah. the Dame Galley, Sarah Galley, who yeah. I was on her podcast this week, Andy's Girls, Ryan Bloomquist, who yeah. listens to this podcast, is in the Facebook group and I met at BravoCon. Then yeah. Ryan Houlihan, um, who people know from, like, I think podcasts and stuff. Um, sure. And then his husband, John, who I worked with years yeah. ago. Uh, you also forgot Mark from Oscar at the Crown sitting next to the dame. <gasps> I did not see Mark from Oscar at the Crown sitting next to the dame. Yeah. How did I not notice? He's also so at least, yeah, two three people <laughs> who listen to this podcast. That is crazy. <sighs> Isn't that And funny? then later in the episode... Two of my coworkers in the background of another of another shot. This yeah. episode is like everyone we knew. Sure. Okay. What do you make of um <laughs> fuck Mary Kill? It's just like I I think there was a lot missing that we didn't see. I think there was more musical numbers that were part of the show, but okay. like the jokes and like the humor, just like the banter. I've, yeah, the banter. I've sat through Countess and Friends. And by sat, I mean I stood back near the bar. And it just wasn't great. And I feel like it's going to be more of that. But yeah. we we stand. They do it with so much confidence that you have no choice but to stand. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, like, from what you could tell just watching this run-through, is that, like, Sonya is the one that should have the show. I know. Sonia's the star here. Yeah. She's like got the-, the natural comedic talent down that Luann will unfortunately never have. Yeah. I think Lou should have realized what Sonia brings to the table and made it a co-headlining. Yeah. But like, then you're cutting your check in half, so. Yeah. But like, if it keeps the show going, it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, we've co-headlined for years. Exactly. <laughs> so just cut that check and up. <laughs> Did we wrap things up with Ramona at all? I don't really recall, like, any pin in her storyline. 
I mean, all we were like, we were in her apartment with her when she was like getting ready briefly, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, Dorinda did wrap up her story in a way that like was for a send off. Like her, well, her and Luke in that like renovated um, original apartment. I know that I'm just going to have to move back to. Which, hope, which is fine. Like, I mean, hope the reno's done. Probably is, I would think. Yeah. We got a little brief glimpse of um, Lori Cooper, the realtor. Is that her name, Lori Cooper? Yeah, 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 yeah. Legend. Wow. Speaking of realtors, you know who we never got any of this season? Who? Realtor M. Oh, my God. And remember how, like, she filmed something? She filmed at Tavern on the Green early, early in the season. And we were like, of course, everything that we stand or everything that I stand turns to dust. So, of course, because I was following her every Instagram story, trying to figure out exactly where she was, if there were cameras up, it all turned to dust. I wonder if, like, she would tell us what went down. (gasps) Should we slide into her DMs and invite her on? I don't know if I want to go that far. (laughs) I, I okay. Uh, Maybe. Okay, yeah. So, Sonia's drag bingo. So, I was supposed to be here at this event. Why Why were you not here? <laughs> I, it was like, it was, a, I think it was a Monday night, and I was just like tired, and I was asked last minute if I wanted to go, and I just like was not in the mood to like be on camera, I don't think, and then I just like... I didn't go, yeah. but it definitely felt like a Monday party. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the women like really didn't live up to the drag aspect of this party. Yeah. So I was like thinking about that. I think Luann really tried. I think Luann tried and like missed the mark. Yeah, everyone tried to miss the mark. I mean, Dorinda tried, and it's like, oh, you look like that Leah, puppet. Leah did a good job, I thought, except for the sneakers. I, her hair could have been a little higher to Jesus, you know. She did but, like, she did put some volume in it, but it, if you're like trying to emulate a drag queen, it's like teased it a little bit more. Yeah, but I think she was like going in the right direction at the very least. Oh, totally. Yeah. And Ramona was just like going to another party, you know? I mean, I think she like put on like pants that had a little bit of like a sparkle in them and thought she was revolutionary. It was a little like upsetting that Sonia as the host did not step it up. Yeah, I don't even remember what Sonia was wearing. She was just kind of wearing like an updo smoky eye stud. I mean, but that's that's how her, where she's found her success. Yeah. Those Wednesday yeah. night gay parties. I <laughs> I love like that we're still talking about the gay parties <laughs> and how Ramona's not invited to them because she would pull something like she did tonight, bringing a straight man. I did love that. I did love that little tangent from Sonia dragging her for bringing a, bringing a straight man to an LGBT party. Yeah. I also love Sonia. I don't even remember like the context of this, con- this conversation. I think she was just talking to one of the drag queens and she's like, oh yeah, like, Born this way, you know, like Lady Gaga. <laughs> Do 
Do you think that Sonia decided to plan this party because of the rampant use of the one gif of her that says, I've raised millions for the LGBT? <laughs> I feel like it definitely played a part a part in it, for sure. Because she likes to lean into like, um, like her successful bits and keep on saying them and doing them. So we love to see it. Yeah. Um, Dorinda was really aggressive about the bingo gameplay and i know she was like doing a bit but like it was a bit too much yeah a bit too much yeah (laughs) i mean i would be similarly excited during bingo but she was like screaming every time like every single number and she was like trying to be like competitive but nobody else was like trying to play that game so it just like wasn't working if anyone was even playing besides her. <laughs> I know. You know what? I do love bingo. I will say, we'll put that yeah. out there. It yeah. is fun. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like playing in a gay bar situation, but like, it's more fun when you're like at like a bingo hall where you can have mm. your table, you have like your thing in front of you. Like it's more fun in that context. It is fun. Drag queen bingo, but like, I don't know. When everyone's focused on the bingo together, it really brings a community about. Yeah. Okay. Um, So let's cheers to an amazing season. Do we want to talk about the her? Oh, okay. You're about to talk about it. I was like, I was like, we're moving on already. (laughs) Well, we thought so. Right. Right. Yeah, so we're cheersing to an amazing season and the mere mention. Thanks, Tinsley, for introducing me to you girls. But, like, because she moved, Leah, like, can't even finish her sentence. I know. It's the name Tinsley and everything's over. I don't understand what it is. Either do I. I've been racking my brain, like, trying to figure out, because, like, I think in situations like this, people will automatically be like, oh, well, there's like jealousy there. But like, does Dorinda want what Tinsley has? I don't really think so. Like, Dorinda has like a seemingly like great life. She's got an apartment that she buys. She has an apartment that she lives in. She's got a beautiful home in the Berkshire. She's got a daughter. Yeah, she lost her husband, but like, it's her life is still like, great and she's like got her sister she's got her pa- i think her both of her parents are still alive yeah so it's like in tinsley like is kind of just like starting out her life in a way like just found someone to settle down with and like is like moved to chicago and like dorinda does bring up that tinsley quote-unquote ruined the show almost which, ruined the show almost ruined the show which like that's not based in reality i can i can see where it's like tinsley leaving put the show in a weird place because like the mexico trip was truly weird because there were so few of them and all of that but i just don't i don't understand she's upset about her breaching her contract like Uh, you're not paying her (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what if dorinda actually owns the company dorinda owns bravo she owns NBC Universal. <laughs> She's the heir to the NBC Universal fortune. Yeah. I mean, and she can't even like recover. I know. She's like cursing out production essentially. 
she literally she walked over to a random table, picked up a random drink that had like four limes in it, carcasses in. I said this on Andy's Girls, yeah. but um, <laughs> and just like started drinking this random drink. Yeah. Ugh. It's it's not the way I want to see our girl go out. I know. I truly, truly did feel like we could have another season where she like bops back. Yeah. You, like in the future or like next season? No, 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 no. I was like, before the announcement was made, oh, I was okay, like, okay. maybe we can have her back for another season where she like recovers from this after like learning from what a bad season she has. But like on social media, she doesn't seem to care or like, want to recover does she watch the episodes do you think is she like me and doesn't listen to the episodes back no she like is tweeting about what is going on during the episode so this is my theory i have a theory okay and i don't think i've discussed it on the podcast i think they filmed the reunion and after they filmed the reunion bravo was like okay that's it okay like i'm i'm curious to see like what Dorinda does during the reunion. Mm-hmm. But I think like if she sticks to her guns and has no self-awareness, they probably were like, where, like, how do we even do anything with her in the future? Right. How do I live? Yeah. Like for her to not see anything wrong with what went down, you're like dealing with a person that's not living in reality. I know. And that's the thing I like truly, I dislike when Dorinda's, misbehaving and in a bad light and for some reason her like she's the one housewife who like when she's behaving badly i'm like oh this is awful because like she can be so she has moments where she's like so motherly and good and kind and maybe it all stems from like how much i loved her and carol's london trip way back in the day and like actually like really loving that that every time she like misbehaves i'm like do we have to do like well why we were like truly rooting for you yeah i mean just like the frequency of the misbehaving the season was essentially every episode whereas like prior seasons it was like once maybe twice a season yeah 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 it's gone off the deep ends watch as we dive in i do think something Kara, Kara said last week's episode about like living in this season we might think it's like really 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 awful but like once we get some space between us and the season we may look back fondly yeah i mean new york is new york yeah like we're always gonna like a new york season (laughs) yeah new york new york baby yeah a hell of a town or whatever let's touch down on the beverly hills reunion okay and i think we both agree this was like stunning. Just so well shot, so like well done. The production quality, like they've really learned how to do this in quarantine. I mean, that uh tech rehearsal really saved the day, I think. <laughs> and I just like I love seeing shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like so fun and good. And I thought that was interesting because, like, you know, when we get to the reunion, everyone kind of has their, like, guard up to some degree. 
Mm-hmm. But the, the tech rehearsal was very like la di da amongst everybody. And I think that's like that also helped make the reunion a little more interesting because like you have to be because of how we're having to do things, you have to be a little more open and vulnerable. Like even when we're recording the podcast, like we have parts where we're like having technical difficulties and like messing up. So we have to like they have to all work together as a unit a little more than if they just all sat down on a couch, you know? Sure. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I also like this reunion because we were dealing with stuff from earlier in the season, which I think we both enjoyed earlier mm-hmm. in the season more. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think one of the big takeaways from the reunion was the Kyle versus Garcelle situation. Mm-hmm. Which has been interesting because like, Kyle's kind of doubling down on it. Um, Lisa Renna's chiming in. Yeah, and it's this whole idea that Garcelle went to Kyle's charity event and raised her paddle um, to donate $5,000, I think, on like a, a auction item, which was like a trip to Mexico. Yeah. And she never paid, which there's a lot of angles that you can look at it at this from. I think the one that Garcelle is claiming makes sense in my brain that she just like didn't communicate or had a miscommunication with her business manager and it didn't get paid by accident. And she has since made it happen and made the payment. Right. Yeah. Um, There's like the other one of like, how does Kyle even have this information from like the charity? Like, why would she know that if she, she doesn't work on development at the children's hospital yeah, you and the Dame had interesting perspective on on that. Yeah, and that, I mean, like, I hadn't really thought about it that way until um, the Dame said so. We shouldn't call her the Dame. That's so weird. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, she's the Grand Dame. <laughs> okay, and then um, then there's the other thing that I think Kyle and Rena are trying to get us to believe is that, like, Garcelle is maliciously trying to not pay the children's hospital and hates children and wants them dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, not so much to that extreme, but I think right. what Kyle is now doing is saying like, oh, like when we go on the show, we're told like we're supposed to have our confrontations on air. So it would not have been like genuine for me to like approach her. Off okay, camera. But, but they do, as we've seen, they do so much shit off camera and they've even like, they have things like Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo so that they can avoid saying stuff on camera. So like, to me, that's a bunch of bullshit from Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got a little bit of Sutton. I think Sutton came across great. Sutton was episode. like a diamond holder. This episode in my heart. It's she's got this way of like, it's this like really Southern, like, shade thing that she's harnessing in a way that like I think she's in control of what she's saying when she's talking to like Teddy especially it's like I didn't mean to offend you with my rude comment about my disdain for your wardrobe choices like it's just like so pitch perfect in a way that's like yeah it's really it is a rude thing to say but the way she's saying it you you have to like her I loved revisiting, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. <laughs> I like, know. <laughs> I thought we were gonna gloss over that, and that is one of my favorite, like, 
meme moments for me, but also it was such a funny fight. I know. Like the the let go of the mouse thing. Yeah. And the fact that like I always forget that during that fight, Lois, Lisa Renna's mom, is yeah. sitting at the table watching this entire thing. And kind of like in clips, like seeming to laugh at Sutton. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but what's also funny is like how Dorit is so wrong in this argument. I know. And situation. And yet we still love her so much. <laughs> well, because that's also like, I think Dorit and Sutton in this fight kind of did the thing that we like that we love when we see it in like Potomac or New York, they have this fight, but like they moved on and the whole season didn't become about this fight. And now they're like, they're very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with Beverly Hills. It's like, it becomes season long fights over one issue. Yeah. And like that fight was just seemingly based on like Sutton's anxiety. And like, yeah, that's about it. And Dorit did like a shitty thing for the sake of drama, but like gave us an iconic moment out of it and we're past it. Yeah. And then finally, we do get to the first Denise fight, which was like Mm -hmm. talking about threesomes at the ice cream party. Right. And like. Just like. I'm team no one on this fight at this point, except like I am team Denise, even though I know she's a liar. Yeah. But but at this point, she's not lying. We're just talking about right. like Denise's stance of like, oh, you ladies should be talking about threesomes in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. But they did show the clip about her talking about Aaron's penis at this very same party as well. Right. Which is why like I'm when I say liar, I mean like she's also wrong in the situation because she was exhibiting similar behavior but maybe like they're open about his penis size but not oh maybe the line is threesome (laughs) i i mean the problem is like denise is just so bad at defending herself had she been crying beforehand what was going on (laughs) i don't know she's her eyes were like and i'm not even trying to be like ugly or anything but her eyes were like bloodshot like she had been crying or something i but like it's kind of been like that during COVID confessionals as well, no? Mm, true. Yeah. Her COVID confessionals are, like, wild. There's, like, a <laughs> lot going on in them. <laughs> she's, like, reporting from, like, another planet, like, physically like, and mentally. She's, like, in a set from Mars Attacks or something. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, like, I didn't love the last 15 minutes as much as the first part of the reunion. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once Erica Jane's getting her Katy Perry self involved in all of this, like... I just... What do you mean by Katy Perry self? Like, she looked like Katy Perry during this um, <laughs> reunion. <laughs> okay. No, go well, I, need to see, I need to see a side-by-side, but I'll, yeah. I'll go seek that out. Yeah. It's just, like, I... There's no joy from Erica's involvement in this series anymore for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like now that we have Dorit, Dorit is filling the role that Erica was filling, right? Except, yeah. I mean, like, Dorit's not giving us like pop music yet. Yeah. But like, 
Well, she did sing that one song on the boat for PK. True. Remember? True. Yeah. Yeah. So like we could get like the Capri Room remix or something like that going into next season. So like I'm happy for Erica that she got to do Chicago, but I Mm -hmm. feel like she's been working on this. I don't even think, I think she's classified as an EP and not even an album Mm -hmm. for so long. And like that could have really set the world on fire. I agree because like her, Erica's music is great. Yeah. Like if you were to put, I think someone, oh, you like jokingly did something like versus like the Countess and Erica. It's like I voted for like the Countess and that to be trolly, but like Erica's pop music is actual like good pop music. I think like she had, um, you know, she did expensive first, mm-hmm. and then she did how many fucks, or was it reverse? I think I think that was the order. It's expensive. To be, I don't know. Uh, either way, she did those two songs, and then she released Cars, which kind of flopped. Mm-hmm. Do you even remember that or no? No, and like, why name a song after the worst Pixar movie? Yeah. Do you think that like? Remember when they went to the Hamptons years ago and Bethany mm. was shown Erica's music video and it wasn't yeah. either of those two. It was like the one right before it. Yeah, it was, and well, Bethany, it was before she was a housewife. Yeah, and Bethany gave her critiques and I feel like Erica took those notes uh-huh. and then did Expensive and How Many Fucks. And I think we can give Miss Skinny Girl some credit mm. for the success of those music videos. So do you think like Skinny Girl is going to expand much like Maloof Records into like the music industry? Like why not? Yeah. I feel like Paul Burnin is entertainment industry adjacent. Mm. So we might as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I think, and I do think actually like if Erica committed to that part of her career, she would be a housewife that should have a spinoff. Right. Like Agreed. she could carry a show on her own, like have her little entourage. Like we're going on tour. We're releasing music. Like there'd be something to talk about. And you can call it how many fucks, or you can call it. It's expensive to be me. Yeah. It's expensive to be Erica. I mean, there's a show named don't be tardy. That's been running for seven <laughs> seasons on yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that's the, Beverly Hills reunion, we got part two, which is like usually the lull, but we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Um, yeah. But let's get to the highlight of every week, Potomac. Oh my God. Truly. Finally, we see a lake when we go to a lake house with these women. To me, like, th- I don't know what it was, but like the first episode of the lake house didn't excite me that much. This one had me like so happy. Can I just say one thing, though, like speaking of like lake house and lake, like in my view, a lake house is on a lake. This lake house still does not to be we eventually were at a lake, but this lake house does not seem to be on the lake. It seems okay. to be on a pool. So I think like the reason it's called a lake house is like there are. Town like small towns where the culture of that town is, is lake the, is the lake. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like their lake house. Yeah, so I grew up going to Lake Lanier, which has been on Real Houses of Atlanta often. 
Yeah. And like the people that we like went to their houses, they like had houses where like their backyard, you would walk downstairs and you'd be on their dock on the lake. So like, that's yeah. what I was imagining. So it's like always surprising when, it happened here and it happened in um, Dallas where like we were at a lake house in Dallas and they didn't even go on the lake at all. I don't think during yeah. that trip, that season I mean, one trip. People have beach houses that are not on the beach. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting to me that it was Monique's turn to narrate. I know the, the opening. The opening narration thing is like something that is throwing me off hard. I like it though to like, it's a fun way to catch me up. No, I like it as well, but it's just like kind of surprising because it's different. Yeah. Okay. The pancake off. Okay. I like that they're creating games for themselves because they're bored as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I got to give them credit for like great production on their, their end. I will say... I didn't get to taste the pancakes, but I think if I were in the room, I would have voted for Team Giselle. I definitely would have voted for Team Giselle. And let me tell because you why. Monique was making hers with olive oil. Well, that's one reason. And I think that reason contributed to the look of the pancake, which mm-hmm. I don't like a pancake that has like a crispy edge. Okay. I see like, that. You like more fluff? Uh, I just like a more uniform looking pancake uh-huh. and like, and if you go back and look at, uh, Monique's pancakes, they had like a very brown, crispy perimeter. Okay. I don't really like pancakes. I've never like really been someone who seeks out pancakes. Mm. Like we grew up going to Waffle House, not IHOP, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely come around more on waffles since we got a waffle maker in 2020. Okay. Um, Also, because, like, waffles, it's easier for them to fall into a savory territory. And I love, Mm -hmm. I prefer savory breakfast over, like, a bunch of sugar. Totally. Yeah. So, like, I'm, like, I'm joining you on the waffle train, but like, I enjoy a good pancake now and then. Yeah. I also think that the, the scoring was uneven. I mean, not uneven. It should have been more uneven. Cause I don't think that presentation and taste should be weighted the same when it comes to what you're about to eat. Yeah. Be like 75% taste, 25% presentation. Yeah, totally. Or even if you want to, if you want to give presentation a little more, like give it 60, 40 or something. Yeah. And, and their scores were close enough that like any weight to taste Giselle would have won. Mm hmm. Totally. But do do you think her kid, Monique's kids eat those olive oil pancakes? (laughs) Probably. I mean, Monique runs a tight ship. I know. It's just, oh, I mean, I gotta say like, and I think this has come up a little bit in the Facebook group. Monique is doing such a better job this season than she has in the past. And it's very enjoyable on the show. And we got T'Challa, but it's like, you gotta like, it's hard to forget about what she's doing online as well. I know. And that yet there's just like, she's so complicated that like, 
she's great on the show, but it's yeah, you're right. She's not great at being online. <laughs> she's not great at being online. I mean, then I mean, like she might not be that great on the show later in the season, depending on yeah. what goes down. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not there yet. So that's TBD. Right. Um, speaking of not being there yet, we did get a fun editor moment of flashing ahead 12 hours after like Ashley was like, Oh, like, I don't know how mommy's going to get through this day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful work here. I will say 12 hours though. What time was it when they finished breakfast compared to, or Ashley wasn't sitting at breakfast compared to, I, I got confused by the timing. They could have used yeah. a different number to make it make, make more sense in my brain. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't too hung up on that. All I cared is like, it's later this night and like, it's what mm-hmm. we've all been looking for. But then it kind of like set me up to know that like, okay, we're going to get this during the last two minutes of the show. I know. And I've never really been mad at it to be continued, but I like audibly like gasped when I was watching this yesterday and was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of annoying. But okay, let's talk about the fact that the Wendy Karen thing is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And like I love <laughs> I love that Karen is using the word freelancer. Like I know. almost like <laughs> like she's a floozy freelancer just like willing to go on any network that'll pay her. These women are really 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 smart with their words in a way that's so cutting and like incredible. Mm -hmm. I would have never, ever, ever thought that we would be hearing the term freelancer as like this, like deep seated insult from Karen. (laughs) I love it. I do got to give Wendy some credit. She did clean up her situation with Ashley Mm -hmm. quite well. I mean, Ashley did have to drag out the actual apology from Wendy, mm-hmm. but she did get it. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. It was good. Um, them going down to the actual lake. <laughs> just like Giselle in these scenes was like perfection to me. Just like not wanting to do it. Just like wanting to like go back and like be pampered. Perfect. Them in that like weird shed. When they were pulling out all the stuff. Yeah. Amazing. I, I also want to say, like, there's not really a moment to talk about her specifically. But Robin was so much fun during every moment of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it was never about her, but her reactions to everything was just so perfect. Her being there, just, like, reacting and being present is enough. And she's just, like... There's rare housewives like that, and it's like they end up being around forever just because, like, they're they fill a specific weird space. And Robin is one of those women. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's like kind of leading the conversation in terms of them sitting around being bored, like during lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get that like time in captivity, twenty-two hours, <laughs> however many minutes, however many seconds, and we come up with the Lady of the River competition. Lady of the Lake. Oh, Lady of the Lake. I don't know. Why did I take Lady of the River? 
I loved it. Giselle is a perfect host for something like this because she can be as deep down dirty shady as she usually is, but do it in a fun way. I mean, them having to respond to how short Candace is and how big Ashley's forehead is was so much fun. Perfect. Candace taking the opportunity to once again sing happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was funny that she didn't sing that single she released. I think she had to think on her feet, you know? This yeah. was like an impromptu pageant. So what's easier than happy birthday? And yeah. she pulled out a win. I mean, that I that's gonna beat out Ashley's broken booty hall twerking. Mm-hmm. any day of the week i would say totally yeah okay we're getting ready for dinner and candace gets the text message i loved her like brain coordinating it happening while also like talking to the producers and being like <sighs> her name's not going to be on it is is it and then her deciding to make the trek down to the guest house, which I feel they also purposely do this to like low key drag Monique by like mm-hmm. showing whoever is walking down to the guest house from like a very far away angle. Yeah. To make it seem like it's like a mile away. Yeah. And her going and showing it to Gis- Giselle, who is in a star spangled <laughs> cardigan of sorts. I thought that was Giselle's like getting ready clothes until I saw it in the car. Yeah. Same (laughs) (laughs) though. I will say like the place they ended up going, she was like the most appropriately Appropriately, dressed. Yeah. 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 But um, we're talking about Michael. Michael was talking about how he has a boyfriend and a wife. So what's interesting to me is like, we're conflating the, uh, Michael's storylines of like prior years of him either being like bisexual or gay to now like also having strippers. Yeah, but I mean like, yeah, that's no, but like he's but to but like it's like they used to focus more on like him having relations with men, but right. now it's like this whole other aspect is now part of it as well. Like the stripper aspect. Yeah. I think it's just like this weird general infidelity thing now that's at play, which I appreciate more because when I feel like some of the conversations like went left in previous years, as far as like how these women were talking about him. So I, I appreciate that it's more about like general infidelity, but it's also like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I mean, allegedly doing. Yeah. After how many times? It's every year at this point there's something new. Well, especially because, like, this is in the heat of filming. Mm-hmm. Like, you are going to go do this? Like, was he scheduled to arrive with the men the next day? I thought so. Right. Crazy. I don't know. Um, I mean, Candace does reveal on Twitter a little bit because they didn't really show what is going to transpire next week. But Candace 
says on Twitter, like, she didn't do it at the table. She pulled Ashley aside. So, but it was at the restaurant. She, like, brought her to a different... I don't know if it's at the restaurant, but it's, like, she made it clear that, like, she did not, like, bring this up and throw it in Ashley's face in front of everybody. Oh, so they did some tricky editing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Like, they were focusing on, like, Giselle and Candace's face a lot. Yeah. And yeah. we got like a little bit of audio of like Candace starting to talk, but that could have been pulled from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can't leave out your favorite moment, I think. Oh my God. So they go to this crab place <laughs> in Maryland. First of all, BYOB place. Cause they Great. brought, they seem to bring some champagne, some wine, and then a thing of Grey Goose. Yeah. Which like, BYOB play. I didn't know that you could go to a BYOB place, bring like a handle of alcohol. Do they make a mixed drink based on like that's another conversation I want to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so places. you can bring, you can bring like a thing of liquor, and they will make you like if I wanted like a cosmopolitan made out yeah. of that, they would do it. Like so, uh, some breakfast places, like have Bloody Marys on the menu, but you have to bring your own like tequila or vodka or whatever. Interesting, because I've only, anytime I've ever been to a BYOB place, we have only ever brought, like, About wine, wine and yeah. beer or whatever. I went to one semi-recently, actually, in New Jersey. Anyways, there's neither here nor there. Um, my favorite thing was they were all eating crabs, and Ashley was eating, and someone's like, oh, like, avoid that, avoid the poop. And Ashley admits that growing up, her mom told her that the crab poop was a natural mustard. <laughs> so she's been eating crab poop her entire life. I mean, so is Giselle. Giselle said that was I know Giselle part. was like, oh, yeah, I would eat it. It's tasty. Wild to me. Love it. Love it. Wow. I mean, these women give us so much. They really do. They really, really, really do. Every Potomac episode is so good, even if it's not, like, super explosive. It's just, like, every scene is amazing. Yeah. I mean, this was, I think, episode six, which on one hand, I was like, oh, no, like, that's a good number of episodes. But then we still have a lot left, I think. Totally. Yeah. We've got yeah. plenty. Okay. Let's wrap this up with the Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. Wait, before we leave Potomac, we have an announcement. Or, like, the world just got an announcement. Oh, my God. Yeah. A Ashley Darby announced on Instagram today that she's expecting child number two. Wow. Okay. It's such wild timing. Yeah, like, smack in the middle of these two episodes. I know. Um, I kind of see this coming to some degree i do too i think that like she's gonna keep on doubling down with michael whether we all like it or not or like whatever the truth is and like there's also the thing in my brain where it's like well she's already had a child with him so like maybe she wants to have all her children with the same person yeah and so let's make that happen I feel like that's like a reasonable desire. Mm -hmm. Like if you already have this child with someone and you want more children, it like makes your life easier Yeah, to have it with the same person. 
Yeah, it's also kind of a cynical view if we're like also thinking that like she's eventually going to leave him after that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, she knows what's best for her. I do not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, if she's happy with him, God bless. God bless. Yeah. Speaking of God blessing us, let's do uh, <laughs> the freak of the week. Wow. So did not know that we were going to have more Lydia from OC in our lives. Yeah. So this was reported last week, shortly after our episode last week went up um, from E! Online. Real Mm -hmm. Houses of Orange County alum Lydia McLaughlin is back with a new series, Glitter Town. Back to Bravo. No, Lydia McLaughlin is not returning to the Real Housewives of Orange County this October. She's got her own show now, a digital series called Glitter Town, premiering online today, Thursday, September 3rd. OC fans will be able to catch up with a former housewife who appeared on seasons 8 and 12, in addition to seeing cameos from other OC alumni like Gretchen Rossi, Alexis Bellino, Lizzie Robsek. God. <laughs> The, mostly the QAnon crew that she's been QAnon crew. <laughs> For the most part, though, the eight-episode online series will follow Lydia and her mother, Judy Sterling, through everyday adventures spreading joy and glitter wherever they go. Said adventures will include cooking, makeup tips, and much more, like the two dressing up as unicorns and shooting confetti at strangers. So... <sighs> So I clicked through the link just to see like what, what this is, where this takes us. It's like really strange when you click on it. There's no like banner on top, like glitter town mm-hmm. distinguishing the show. It's actually like kind of branded as uh, Bravo daily dish. Okay. You have to sign up as a Bravo insider to get access to this. Okay. And the eight quote unquote episodes that are up are like, seven minutes each the description makes it sound like a tiktok account especially like the last thing about dressing up like unicorns and like spraying glitter at people it's just like i don't get like the point of this also like how many years later are we from when she last appeared that like she's still doing deals with bravo like does she know where the bodies are buried or something (laughs) like why why do we keep coming back to Lydia? <laughs> like I have like a list of housewives who former housewives who deserve like a web series on Bravo more than these people do. Even OC Housewives. I mean like oh. get Heather Dubrow's world on Bravo. Exactly what I was going to say. Like Heather Dubrow could carry an online series by herself. She could carry like a spin-off series about her family. There's like a hundred of them now. Yeah. One just came out as bisexual. Heather's supportive. Let's give them a show. Come on. Okay. Speaking of Heather. Heather. <laughs> who is our one true queen this week? Holla. Holla. I, 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 it's Heather Thompson. I can't stop watching that one tiktok or real or i don't even know what it's it, a, it, is. it originated as a tiktok can you actually put the audio of it in here sure you okay you better holler at me <laughs> <laughs> okay she's coming back 
to Watch What Happens Live for a special announcement. I think the the day this episode's going up, or maybe Thursday. I'm not sure which. It's Thursday. She's going to be on with Aaron Andrews. Okay. So we don't know what she's announcing. People are probably like setting their hopes too high. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be her return to Roni. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I mean, like, it's just great to have her on Watch What Happens Live. She was on Watch What Happens Live like a few weeks ago with their 200 episode special. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she made like a very brief appearance. They put her on the Watch What Happens Live uh, TikTok and I guess Reels, but we're not acknowledging that Reels are a thing. Um, and it, I think she's like just a fun presence for me to have around. I don't think everyone in the Bravo fandom loves her as much as we do. Mm-hmm. I read comments sometimes, but okay, okay. it's very mixed with like high highs and low lows, if that makes sense. Sure. But she is our high, high queen this week. So yeah, she's our queen. Can't wait to see what, what's announced, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is it for us this week. As we announced in the beginning of this episode, if you haven't checked it out, run, don't walk to our Patreon. We do a weekly pre-show where we kind of like talk about what's going on, stuff that we're watching, stuff going on in our lives, uh, outside of the Bravo cinematic universe. So that's always fun. Um, Mm -hmm. and then this week we're continuing our journey with series premieres of each of the city of housewives. And this week's is Beverly Hills, which is really interesting. Yes. So much fun. You can follow Dan on Twitter at IDK IDK. You can follow me on Twitter at not Brendan. You can listen to me on the most recent episode of Andy's girls. Um, the other podcast is by the Dame Galley. Um, you can join our Facebook group, uh, and join the conversation. It's been very active and fun and great recently. Yeah. And you can like, comment, subscribe, heart share, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Come through, Queen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.